What's the worst that can happen with an ancient box? Uh, hey, welcome to tonight's episode of Roll Like a Girl, where we are doing an interlude game before we start season two of Call of Cthulhu, um, hosted by me, the always awkward Nikki, um, and we have a special guest, um, who is Kristen from the Rod Swords, who is awesome enough to join us today, which is going to be great. Yay! Yay! <laughs> the uh, often awkward. Yay! <laughs> okay, um... So, we're going to go around, and everyone's going to say what character they're playing. I, um, we've got pre-gen characters that everyone's doing, so who would like to start? Nose goes. I'll start. Okay. I am playing, my name is Libby, hi. I am playing Lady Calpurnia Whitmore, and I am about to read from her description thing a little bit. Calpurnia is trouble. She's basically... Rich and dumb. <laughs> she's not dumb. She's not okay. She's pretty smart, but she's like dumb. Yes, like she's she's, she's not smart. She's smart, but she's not smart. She's the second child of her very rich family, so she gets away with a lot of stuff. And she's been hiding from her responsibilities. And she was in Hong Kong for a while, and. She got a telegram summoning her to Arkham, and that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. Thanks, Libby. No problem. I can go next. Uh, I'm. This is Theron, and I'm playing Mercedes Torres. Uh, You should call her Torres, or else she'll hit you. Um, (laughs) She is a sort of cool-headed enforcer to the family. Uh, she, I think that she's in the Dominican mafia. Is that what, you, is that what this yes. is? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So she's, she's uh, an enforcer in that. Uh, and she sort of keeps running smoothly a speakeasy called La Cabra. Uh, and I think the only other important thing really is that she has a girlfriend in the bartender, Ursula, who is played by Lauren. Hey guys, it's Lauren. I play (laughs) Ursula Weiss, the very oh-so-charming bartender for La Cabra. Um, uh, (laughs) Ursula is a delightful individual who realized (laughs) that school would never cut it for her. And so when she left the... I, don't, I was going to say nunnery, and that's not the right terminology. I did that too. Uh, the Abbey. The Abbey. Convent? The Abbey. Yeah. The place where she's supposed to be a nun. Uh, she ended up meeting up with... Um, somehow she got involved with the Dominican family and is a bartender there. And she runs a really smooth bar. People are actually terrified of her because she will kick someone out faster than she they can even like take a shot. Um but everyone's nervous because Ursula is leaving for a brief time to go with Mercedes. Or Mercy for her. Aww. Right. Okay. Um Kristen? Yes. So I will be playing Antonia DeWitt. An extremely talented actress in New York. And uh, soon, soon, any day now, she's going to be going to California and star in the talkies. Um, (laughs) But all of her success is due to her benevolent patron, Mr. Rupert Merriweather, who arranged for her first headlining show. And he has never missed an opening night except for the last one. And, And now she's worried and has received an even more worrisome telegram summoning to her to his home in Arkham, Massachusetts. Oh, that was beautiful. That was. Oh, thank you. I'm ready to get up our game. I guess it leaves Sarah. Sarah's last. Hi, I'm Sarah. I am playing a character named Fran. Uh, Fran is a veteran of the war. Um, She uh, served with the brigade under the British authority and was able to see, you know, Egypt and all the wilderness that it offered. Uh, but she 
spent her time flying for secret medical rescues. Um, this is what she'd say if you really asked her. Um, and then she settled down in New England. She hated the boring life, the civilian life in New England. And when she was recommended for a position at a hospital in Arkham, she was super quick to jump on that because we need a change of scenery here. And she became the nurse for Rupert Merriweather, you know, soon became his primary nurse where they kind of grew close in friendship. It was no surprise to her whenever he summoned her for a final meeting. Okay. Um, so here we're going to do a, um, we got our final player. Yay! 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 And um, <laughs> if Tracy would like to do a quick, oh, Tracy from the Broadswords is also joining us, which is fantastic. And if you can do a quick introduction for the character that you'll be playing with us here, that would be grand. Okay, I'm going to be playing the character of Lily Chang. Um, she is a bit of a mechanic. She's a bit of a uh, brainy person. I think that I like her because I also like cars. So I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else you want to add? Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I have anything else I want to add. I guess we'll just, I'll play her out and we'll learn more things. Then again, we'll start over here at the very beginning. Um, we, all six of you, um, have been summoned to St. Mary's Hospital in Arkham, Massachusetts by one Rupert Merriweather. Um, some of you know him quite well, um, Calpurnia, Antonia and oh the third one I just blanked out on my own characters <laughs> Fran um, Fran yes thank you I'll know him um sorry I was the last one I wrote a story for too it was the worst um I'll know him pretty well um Ursula and Mercedes are there too um, because the family has told them that they need to go see what the problem is with him and um, Lily knows him a little bit, mostly through Calpurnia. Um, so, the um, so Mercedes, Ursula, and Antonia, all three have actually arrived in Arkham by train from New York, um, while Calpurnia and Lily have driven up from Boston in Calpurnia's fancy car. And um, Fran actually works there at St. Mary's and has been. Um, treating Rupert for some time. Um, you guys all find yourselves actually arriving at the hospital about the same time, which is late afternoon, and you are directed up to the third floor where Rupert has um, a private room. Are we, have we all arrived together then? Um, or... No. Um, okay. Lily and Calpurnia arrived, uh, arrived together, and Ursula and Mercedes Torres arrive together and but you guys all just are sort of finding yourselves there at the same time it, it's it there's a large group of people here outside of Rupert's room all at the same time oh, I'll say the uh, the doors open into his room um, and glancing inside you see that um, he's actually there in the bed and he looks very old and tired and not well. Um, I think Antonia will immediately just rush up to the side of his bed and fall to her knees and just be like, Rupert, darling, what's wrong? What has happened? I haven't <laughs> seen you in so long. And there are big theatrical tears falling down her cheeks. Fantastic. Um, so the rest of you see this um, woman, um, rush past very fashionable all of you. very fashionable rush past all of you into the room and fall to rupert's bedside um in hysterics that's not gonna fly <laughs> <laughs> calpurnia is going to rush to the other side of his bed <laughs> fall even more to her knees and be like rupert my darling professor are you okay what's going on <laughs> Perfect. And um, sort of glare a little bit across the bed. <laughs> when Lily sees this, she immediately takes the analytical approach and she kind of asks to the general room, what's his prognosis? What's going on? Why 
do we do do we have a diagnosis do we have a prognosis give me anything so looking around the room you actually see that there besides rupert in the bed there is an an older woman that antonio would recognize as his wife in one of the chairs and a younger like in his 30s man in the other chair and they're they're both just like flabbergasted wide mouth staring at you guys at this display <laughs> um, i will i will get up and sort of dab at my cheeks uh with my my handkerchief and then go and kiss his wife on both cheeks and and give her a hug and and she hugs you back she actually knows you quite well um there is in the room with you a uh young black lady in nurse's clothes um and fran that is you you are um you do know what's wrong with Rupert. Um, I, I do know what's wrong with Rupert, but I'm too annoyed watching these two women throw themselves at Rupert. <laughs> it's fair. What I'm picturing it for me is that Torres and Ursula are both sort of like lingering in the yeah. doorway. Like, this is a hospital. Are we supposed to be acting like this? Why are all these people just allowed to come in here? And we're like, awkward. <laughs> Ursula like has her arms crossed. She's leaning against like the door frame and she's just observing with a very distasteful look on her face. <laughs> okay. After a moment of, of uh, Rupert patting both Antonia and Calpurnia on the shoulders and like, girls, girls, it's okay. I'm, I'm, it'll be fine. He's, and he, he sounds really raspy and um, I, don't, I don't have much longer. I'm, I'm sorry. It's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, please. Um, and he gestures over to the two in the doorway and says, come in, come in. I... You must be Mercedes. Um. I, I walk up to him and I hold up my hand to shake and I said, it's Torres, actually. Um, of, oh, and I'm so sorry. Um, and he reaches out your hand and he shakes your hand and it's, it's, his grip is very weak. Um, he looks like he, he can barely lift his hands up off the bed to even shake your hand, but he does so. Um, he says, uh, I am I'm Rupert Merriweather. It's, I'm glad to meet you, Torres. I'm glad you're here. Let me introduce you all to each other. Um, he says, this is, uh, he points to Calpurnia, who's still there being dramatic. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Lady Whitmore. Um, she's a student of mine from the college. <laughs> and, and nice to meet all of you. And her associate, uh, Lily Chang. Hello, hello. And uh, my, my other dear friend, uh, Antonio DeWitt. I'll give like a, a dramatic little sort of like bow curtsy thing with a, a handkerchief flourish. Nice. Good. Um, this is my dear nurse, uh, Fran Washburn. She'll nod and not say much. And, and obviously we've now just met Torres and I'm sorry, what is the name of your friend? Uh, this is Ursula. It's a pleasure to meet you both. I'm glad you could both be here to... Oh, forgive me, forgive me. This is my wife, Agnes, and the the stunned older lady in the chair just sort of is looking around at all of you. There's a lot going on now. <laughs> and um, these are all of my uh, mistresses, <laughs> basically. Uh, not not really. Um, and this is my my son, Bertrand, and the. Oh, there's another. Person. Yeah, the the man. There's a younger man, and he's like thirty. He's in his thirties, and he looks. Um, sort of dour, and um, he's scowling at all of you. And but he does—he does incline his head a little bit when he's introduced. I want says, to enter a scowl off with him. Sorry. Oh, I didn't, cool. Didn't no problem. Let's do it. <laughs> um, you do you have intimidate? You want to intimidate him? Uh, I'm not proficient in it, but I can I can give that a shot. I mean, if I notice, then I'm oh. going to stand behind her and add to the intimidation effect. I, oh, yeah. Can I have advantage? That still means just an 11. But <laughs> Sure. That's fine. I love it. Let's do it. Uh, let's see what Rupert gets. Oh, you do. Yes. You do ah. outscowl Rupert. Not Rupert. Bertrand. Even worse. That's a worse name. <laughs> um, he just breaks out in tears because his dad's dying. Right? <laughs> he doesn't look hey, sad. Boy. He looks like a jerk. 
He's <laughs> tried to be brave. <laughs> um, and he actually, Rupert takes a deep breath and sighs and says, um, my love, my son, can you please leave us? I need to speak to these young women about something very important. And uh, Bertrand looks like super unhappy about it, but he does get up and um, escorts his, his mother out of the room. And uh, then the door, once they've they pulled the door closed behind them, he gestures all of you closer to him and says, please, please come closer over here. I, I have, I can't speak very loudly and I want to make sure all of you know why I've summoned you here. As you can, as you can see, I am dying and I don't have much time left. I, I have cancer and it's, it's going to take my life very soon. Antonia is, is just is trying to stifle her sniffles. And he... Um, How Pernia is collapsed against Lily. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> Lily looks okay. a little bit concerned. <laughs> kind of a little bit off-put. <laughs> and um, he says, With my death, something terrible will come to pass. And I need all of you, the most capable people I know, to take care of it before vile evil is unleashed upon the world. What? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Um, this, is a, this will be a long story. I'm, I'm sorry. Please make yourself as comfortable as you can. Calpurnia's gonna, like, whisper into Lily's ear, I think he's senile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know many evil things, but let's just listen to him anyways. Let's humor him. I mean, he is dying. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. You're always right. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am, but thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Good, we're off to a great start. I love it. Um... I actually have a story clarification question. Sure. Uh, did he request that I come, or did he just ask for somebody from the family? He asked for somebody from the family. Okay. And they picked picked you. Okay. Um, you actually think what, uh, from what you got from your cousin, which was not a lot, he requested your cousin come, but he was too busy, and so he sent you in his place. Back Back when I was a young man, some chaps and I from college, from the school, we got involved with this fellow. His name was Marion Allen. And we, we bought a farmhouse out past Ross's Corners so that we could conduct seances and, and try other light occult activities. I'm going to clutch my pearls. That's good. Uh... <laughs> so that we wouldn't be under the watchful eyes of the school where we could be on our own. Something terrible happened the last time we met and it's been, it's been years, it's been 40 years since then, but I'm the last of us remaining and I'm about to pass on. And once I'm gone, the thing that, that we unleashed, it, it'll be free. He'll be able to escape the, the house and first Ross's corners and then the rest of Arkham will just fall under its... Oh. And like he, he like gets paler as he's thinking about it. Oh, thank you, dear. Thank you. Oh. And then he... But, but surely, Rupert, something so long ago can't... can't possibly be a threat right now. Like... That's what, that's what I thought, too, but you'll understand once you read my journal. And he, re he reaches out, and there's on the table next to his bed, there's this small metal box. Just, please, take this box, and, and all the air that can offer you lies within. I take it, and I hand it to Ursula. <laughs> and Ursula's going to open it. Okay. Uh, you must, you must find a way to send that thing back to where it came from. You must see this done. Please. 
do this for me. Um, and as Ursula goes to actually start opening up the box, Rupert starts to, uh, like, he starts coughing and, and, <coughs> and spasm there on the bed. And, um, Fran, you've seen him do this before, um, the, as from his cancer, he's, it happens, but now suddenly he starts coughing up as huge, like gout of blood comes out of his mouth and sprays over everybody everyone needs to make me a wisdom save oh, here oh, we go. No. hi john it's five twenty-two. <laughs> Ten. okay and then um tracy 14. and oh Christy's. sorry i rolled and i lost it 18 i got a 14 calpurnia and Ursula are both actually shocked when this happens. Um, the rest of you, like like Mercedes has seen, or Taurus has seen all kinds of stuff before. It doesn't really phase her very much. And um, to Antonia, it just almost looks like a stage effect <laughs> at first. So, so It's a very dramatic moment, it, and I'm reveling in that somewhat. Um, but both... Calpurnia and Ursula feel sort of shaken in their, um, in their core. Calpurnia is going to bust out in tears. Just on the ground. (laughs) I'm going to take my, my handkerchief and, and start wiping his face. Okay. Um, Fran, um, make me a medicine check. 18. Okay. Um, you think this is pretty serious and that you should call in the doctor and maybe some more of the medical staff to see, see to him. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask the ladies to please clear some space, give him some space, and she's going to go right for the door and try and get medical staff in. Okay. Um, as the, uh, the doctor and several of the nurses rush in to, to assist you with Rupert, um, they actually usher their, everyone else except Fran out of the room um, and say, please, please, we'll take care of him. Just go over to the waiting room. We'll let you know as soon as we have this under control. Of course, Doctor. And I lead the way out. I'm following uh, Mercy, but she Ursula's hands are shaking. All right. Um, do you guys all go together then to the waiting room? Yes, and on Lily's way out, she's just going to pat Calpurnia on the shoulder and make sure she's okay. Calpurnia's clinging to you, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's a wreck. (laughs) I think I I linger a little bit and sort of hold his hands and, and you hang in there, darling. We'll be back. And then stride out with uh, as much dramatic flair as Hmm. possible. Would you like to roll for drama? You can roll performance. I would. <laughs> I would love to do that. That is oh. 22 performance. You, um, some of the, actually, the nurses stop what they're doing and, and watch you as you exit the room. Um, so the five of you then are in the waiting room together. Um, a little bit away from where... Uh, Rupert's wife and son are. They, they're they sort of hovering near the door trying to find out what's going on. Um, do you guys open... And we stroll out covered in blood, right? Right? Yeah, a little bit. And not covered... Mm-hmm. Splattered. Not covered. Splattered. You are splattered <laughs> with blood. Um, do you guys open the box? Um, yeah. Ursula wants to look in the box and so she's gonna wait until everyone's kind of out there and then um she's not gonna say anything to anyone but she's gonna kind of watch mercy waiting for her approval i'll nod and uh she'll open the box um inside it's just like a small uh, metal almost like a lock box kind of thing um inside there is a um, old yellowed envelope with something inside a, le- a paperwork of some kind. Um, there is a small box. Ooh. Ooh. Ancient box. 
there is a um, slim journal, leather journal. Um, um, if you, the box itself is, um, as you can see, it's got a, like a scarab carved into the top, and all around the outside is um, strange symbols. You can make an intelligence check. Oh, this will be rich. Okay. Um, two. <laughs> you actually, um, Ursula just has no idea what this, these symbols are on the outside of the box. She's never gone through an Egyptology phase. So um, <laughs> the, um, the lid actually opens up very easily if you want to open it up. Yeah. But it's empty inside. Um, there's something carved on the inside of the box, like on the lid, but, um, it's different kind of markings. That's not like the hieroglyphs and, um, you don't, you don't know that they're very strange looking to you. Oi, mercy. I ain't never seen anything like this. And then she's going to show her like the different, like the lid. Okay, I I take a look. Did I go through an Egyptology phase? <laughs> you can make um, you could, if you have history, you can do history. Otherwise, just do an intelligence check. I don't have it, so let me see. Seventeen. Oh, um, okay. You actually um have read some of the newspapers about the excavations that have been happening, um, in uh, of the pyramids and things like that. So you recognize that they are. Egyptian hieroglyphs on the outside of the box. What's inside is is foreign to you, what's, what, and you don't know what it looks like. But all right, um, cool. Then after that, I'll say it looks Egyptian, but I don't obviously don't know what that means. And then I take a look at the notes that she handed me. Okay. Um, in the envelope is a you pull the paperwork out, and there is um, it's a deed to a house. Uh, you think it's the house that he was talking about in this town called Ross's Corners. And there is a, also folded up in the deed is a key. Book is a, you think his journal. Um, it's full of um, cramped, spidery handwriting inside. Um, but it is also old. It seems almost as old as the deed to the house. I am going to go striding up. I think Mercedes is, uh, I mean, oh, goodness, that's not who I am. I am Antonia. <laughs> Antonia is uh, <clears throat> um, done with being on the outside of this circle, watching other things happen. And so okay. she's going to go striding up into the middle and be like, all right, then, what is it? What do we have? And I'm going to try and take the journal uh, out of your hands. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think there will be a lot of resistance on that. <laughs> Ursula will step in the middle as she sees her striding straight up to Mercy. <laughs> and just, uh, she inserts herself in the middle, just crosses her arms and glares. At least you're gonna <laughs> Yes, yes, darling, but but what is it? I'm gonna like be trying to, to peer around her and like <laughs> So I, I I'm gonna tuck the journal under my arm um, and fold up the deed and put it in my coat pocket, like my in, inner jacket pocket. Uh, and I say, it's a deed to the house he was talking about and some sort of journal. I don't know what it is yet. Well, perhaps we should read it then. Calpurnia is going to come up and she's going to be like, may I see that box? I was his student, so I might know something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I have really good history, so something might happen when I look at it. <laughs> While she's looking at the box, which I don't really care about, I'm going to be paging through the journal, see if there's anything interesting. So okay. we'll get all, yeah. The, do you want the, like, the little box with the different symbols and stuff? The... Yes. Okay. <laughs> so with, I'm going to hand it to her. Okay. Um, go ahead and you can start with a history check for me, Calpurnia. 24. Epic. Okay. You, um, you agree with what uh, Torres said is that it is definitely Egyptian on the outside. It seems, um, very old. You think it dates from the middle kingdom. So that's a long time ago. I don't have the specifics. Um, <laughs> you can actually looking at it, follow up with an arcana check, which I think I gave you as well. Yes, you did. 14. Okay. Um, you have seen 
writing like that's on the inside of the lid but you can't quite remember where you've seen it you just you've read some book somewhere that had scratchings like this on it um you don't you can't translate on your own what the hieroglyphs on the outside say but um you think that you could take it to the library at the university and do some study on it to find out what it says on the outside. Has, um, who's looking at the journal? I am Torres is. Torres. What do you see Torres? <laughs> what do okay. I see? Um, flipping through the book at first, it, the journals date from, uh, June, 1881 to March of 1882. Um, you think it's going to take probably the afternoon to read it. And, um, is it, can I like just flip through, um, and look for any information about this box with the scarab on it? Oh, um, yes. Make me an investigate check. I'm going to assist her by pointing out the symbol inside of it and asking her to flip through and look for that and any clues. 16. After I think that after I realize what a slog it's going to be, it turns into more like a group study party. Like we pull a little table over and <laughs> I, I, oh, so I start. You're going to let somebody else look at it then? Yes, you can look at it. It's fine. Oh, how generous of you. The family is always generous. Um, you do find mention of it, but it's part of a much longer um, entry. Okay. Um which is the last entry in the book. Um, I also need you to make a wisdom save right here <laughs> off the bat. Ooh, a nine. Okay. A nine, okay. Um, just even flipping through it, something about it feels off to you, and it kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies. Okay. You can't quite place why it does, but... Just the little bits that you've glanced at seem wrong. Um, if you guys want to sit down together and read the creepy journal. Yes. Yeah, I'll read the creepy journal. Um, question, is uh, Fran around? or Fran she... is still in with the um, doctors. Okay. If Fran walks by at all, I will like try and wave her down to get an update on darling Rupert's situation. But okay. in the meantime, I would like to read some of the journal. Sounds good. Okay. This, um, this next section is a very long journal entry that I've got it broken into three parts. If you guys want to take turns reading it aloud, mm -hmm. um, for the recording, that'd be great. So here is the first section. Who would like to read first? I'll go for it. Okay. We begin the ceremony as Marion instructed, according to that described in his book, De Vermis Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> a fire is set in the fireplace and a pentagram chalked on the floor, marked with, an, with appropriate symbols and illuminated by two black tapers placed near the center, flanking the piece of amber with its entrapped spirit. The others sit in a circle while I, the designated watcher who guards the malevolent spirits, sits in the far corner of the room. Marion throws a handful of powder in the fire, producing an evil-smelling smoke and dampening the flames, which now burn a sputtering green and brown. Those seated begin the Latin chant Marion Allen has transcribed from his book. After nearly two hours, I see a trail of smoke circling up from the piece of amber. Its surface seems to be bubbling, melting. Could this be it? Have we finally achieved success? I can see a form. It is the following day. We have finished with our plans and have sworn a pact to never speak of what happened last night. We have satisfactorily explained the death of Robert, and in some manner the madness of Harold. The sheriff accepts the explanation of a carriage accident. We planned it all well. Robert's neck was broken in the fall. We hold him. Harold struck his head on a rock when the horse's leg broke and the carriage rolled. Would it be that it was only that? 
For the rest of us, we will be forever changed by what we experienced last night. The thing formed in the center of the pentagram, shapeless, nearly invisible. Its terrible voice should have given us a clue, but we were foolish. It spoke, then Marion cast that damned powder on the spirit, the dust of... <laughs> the dust? <laughs> we hit a road barrier. I'd go the... for Ibn Gaji? The dust of Ibn Gaji. The dust... <laughs> <laughs> the dust of Ibn Gaji, he calls it. And that's when we could see it. Words cannot describe the faceless thing with a thousand maws. It roiled and bubbled, never fully revealing itself. So terrifying was its aspect that I sat as though frozen to the floor, the pen falling from my nerveless fingers. Cecil and Marion seemed as lifeless as I, while a short, sharp cry issued from Crawford's mouth. Robert, however, rose to his feet, and before anyone could stop him, stepped forward, as though to embrace our horrible guest. With its arms, or those appendages that seemed most like arms, it took hold of poor Robert and twisted his head around as though it was a doll's head. The lifeless corpse was then thrown back in Harold's lap, and that is when he began that damnable shrieking the shrieking that hadn't stopped even after we handed him over to the sheriff's men. We still had a chance, apparently. Marion now believes that if we had kept our wits, we could have reversed the chant and eventually forced back the creature to wherever it came from. But Crawford panicked, and mistakenly believing that it would dispel the creature, reached forward and destroyed part of the pentagram, breaking its effectiveness. Released from that binding symbol, the thing with a screech that could have only been unholy satisfaction, fled the house, disappearing out the window as a roaring, screaming window of boiling chaos. Marion believes that the thing could still be destroyed, or at least dispelled, but none of us who remain have the stomach for such an undertaking. It is believed that the spell we cast inextricably binds the thing to the house, and it is true that when we went back a few days later to retrieve our things, we heard it bumping about in the attic of our heads, the warning sign so cheerfully carved by Mary and Alan during better times, times that seem so long ago, apparently are effective and bar the thing entry except into the attic of the house. Yikes. Uh, now I get rid of big wisdom saves. <laughs> All of us. Everybody, except Fran. Not Fran. Uh, Fran's well, not there. This'll be it, kids. That's uh -huh. like, that's not fair. She has the highest wisdom of us all, and she doesn't have to make this one. <laughs> I was smart uh, and stayed in the room. Worst hey, butt club. I got a 12. I got, so <laughs> I got an unnatural 20. Hey. I got Ooh. a 22. Hey. And I got a 12 as well. All of you do feel uh, not... Tracy, um, so Lily, Lily. Okay, Whew, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, Tracy's playing somebody. Who's Tracy playing? Uh, Lily, <laughs> Lily, and Mercedes make their save. Everybody else feels this is the strangest thing you've ever heard. Ever, you've never even thought of anything like this in your life, and it just sort of curdles a little bit in the back of your mind. And everything seems a little bit more frightening than it had just a moment before. Well, you can't, we can't possibly believe this. You don't believe this, do you? I'm going to look around to the rest of the group. Uh... He's clearly mad. Uh... I mean, I've never heard of anything like this before, but I mean, you trust, you trust Rupert, don't you? He's like your best, best friend. You seemed to be very close with him. I I owe everything to Rupert. He has been a most generous benefactor, but ancient... Has Rupert ever lied to you? Rupert has supported me through my dramatic career. I have not relied on Rupert for information about the occult. The I've never heard of such nonsense. Well, then what else would it be? We're going to go to the attic of this house. We're going to find a surprise party. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty real. 
Um, do you guys want to, who wants, does anyone want to look through the rest of the book? I'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're looking for evidence that it's all uh, sort of fabricated. Yeah. Okay. I think Ursula is going to look at Mercedes and, uh, uh, Mercy, this, this is not our fight. It doesn't are you okay i look at no. her and i realize how shaken she is yeah. and i like put the journal down and step aside like are you okay it's it might not even be a real thing but what if it is what if what if this potentially crazy man that we never knew until today what if there's some truth to this this isn't something just made up we don't know these people we don't know this man do we really need to be caught up in this Maybe, maybe we should call Miguel. Like, I don't know if he knows what we're getting caught up in. I don't want to involve the family in some ridiculous wild goose chase. And if it's something more dangerous? That's even worse. Exactly. So, yeah, after that conversation, I'm going to actually see if the hospital has a phone that we can use. Okay. Make a persuasion check. Okay. I'm not great at that. Oh, 18. Okay. Oh, 18. Okay. Um, you um, do find, um, like at an information desk, um, there, they say there is a, a public telephone down in the lobby um, that you can use. It's, it would cost a dime to right. make a call. But right about that time, um, the door to Rupert's room opens back up again, and all the doctors start filing back out again, um, ending with, uh, Fran and they're all covered in blood. Oh gosh. Like shining style covered in blood. Not quite that bad, okay. but they, <laughs> it does seem like that it, um, whatever happened was bad. I'm going to leap to my feet and run over to Fran and try and peer into the room. What's happening? Is he all right? Fran. Um, you know that he is not alright. He has actually passed on. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. But he's, uh, he's no longer with us. <gasps> I'm gonna rush into the room. Uh, Fran's gonna try and sob her. No, 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 you don't want to, you don't want to get this on you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> should we? I, I'm, I'm trying to go in, so should we do some sort of contest? Of, sure, like... um, you guys can do... Why don't we do have Fran roll athletics and then um, Antonia can oh, <laughs> can roll acrobatics. Can I do like acrobatics to try and squirm my way out? Yeah, yeah, acrobatics for you. Okay, no, Fran's firm arms hold me. I got a fifteen. All right. Um, she... Bonnie is getting thrown onto the ground. <laughs> oh, she's just hold her back. She's no. I'm just gonna kind of collapse against her a little bit once I realize I can't get past her. And, and you do see, weep. You can see past into the room, and um, Rupert's been covered with the sheet completely. So, yeah, Fran. I'm now just burying my face in your shoulder and crying. Fran's just gonna pat her back because she's done this before. She's comforted patients mm-hmm. before, and um, he's he's not suffering anymore and we need to remember that it's okay it's it's okay (laughs) uh torres do you want to go down to the lobby okay um you can find the phone and um you have plenty of money you can uh change you can definitely place a call um to your brother your cousin like, I would assume, especially since I'm on, like, a mission, that I have a way that I can immediately contact him. Like, nobody's going to give me the runaround. No. Uh, no, and- no. <laughs> Okay, and once I do, I'll basically, like, explain the situation. It might take, like, a couple extra dimes to get through all of it and be like, is this is this what we signed up for? Is Do you want me to go to this house that is either a wild goose chase or a an eldritch horror of some kind he listens um and he it's it's once you're done talking and you ask this question he's quiet for a really long time and he says well rupert was a a a good friend of our father's and the way he says it was his father and your father 
Um, he's been good to the family. I, I don't know anything about this, but I don't know. If he's really been that good to the family, I'm willing to go. But he, he helped do a lot in, the, in our dad's youth. All right, as long as you think that it's the best course of action, I will go. Just be careful. Of course. So, upstairs, Antonia and Calpurnia are in hysterics. <laughs> I am comforting um, Antonia. So, that leaves Ursula and Lily. Lily's feeling pretty uncomfortable in this situation. She's kind of... She's not very good with death, and also she's she doesn't feel like this is really happening. This it's just seeing death so close feels very abstract. So she's kind of hovering awkwardly in the doorway, not really sure what to do with herself. Okay, Ursula's gonna pull out her flask, <laughs> swig, and uh, seeing Lily be uncomfortable, she's gonna offer her a swig as well. Oh, yeah, Lily's taking some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, Fantastic. As, that, as that flask is going around, I will I will look up from my sniffles and be like, do, do you mind? I could use something to steady my nerves. <laughs> she gives it to her. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass it to Calpurnia. It's straight up whiskey. It's that's what it is. What was what did you what did you find in the box? What was it? We need to go to the library. <laughs> you don't sound like you really want to. Oh, here we go. Oh, go. Can I? Um, I. I would like to turn back to the journal after I sort of steady my nerves okay. with the the whiskey. Um, the mention of the box has reminded me that we don't know what the hell the box is. Okay. Um, uh, so. I would like to go back to the journal and, and see what else I can find there. Sure. Um, you, while you're waiting for both Torres to come back from the telephone and while everyone's standing in the hallway drinking, you can peruse the rest of the journal and I will put the overview for everybody to read. The um, You do find, after flipping through it, notes on the box, which is from um, March of that same last year, 1882, and about how Mary and Alan found the, the artifact, the box, and there was a piece of amber inside that had some sort of creature in it um, that, from the, the longer thing that you read, seems to be wherever the monster was released from, was inside this piece of amber that was in the box before. A group of friends, playfully calling themselves the Dark Brotherhood, held their first meeting in the early spring of 1881. Rupert Merriweather became the recording secretary. The members number six, including Marion Allen, the founder, and their nominal leader. In June of 1881, they purchased an old farmhouse outside Ross's Corners, a place where they could conduct their experiments in privacy. Representing themselves as a student literary fraternity, they cleaned and furnished the place while Marion Allen carved special warding protective signs over the wooden doors and windows. At the time, the others were amused at such precautions. A series of experiments, innocent and apparently ineffective attempts to contact the spirit world, are then detailed. An entry dated February 1882 notes Marion Allen's acquisition of an artifact, purportedly Egyptian, described as a small sarcophagus of... Gold? Oh, yeah, gold. (laughs) Okay, a small sarcophagus of gold with a hinged lid. Inside was a large piece of amber, entrapping a specimen of some unknown species of arthropod. Alan is excited. The box corresponds to a description he found in an ordinary reference volume in the Miskatonic University Library. Alan says that in another book, a thick Latin tome titled De Vermis Mysteries is an explanation of some purported powers of the box. The small animal trapped in the amber is said to contain a friendly spirit and guide to the spirit world. A date is set to conduct a ceremony intended to summon the spirit creature, a Saturday night in the middle of March. Towards the back of the book, there is a list showing the names of the members of the Dark Brotherhood and dates afterwards, which you assume correspond to their deaths. 
This is the very last thing um, entry in the book, if someone wants to read this one aloud. I gravely fear that which I and my colleagues have loosed upon this countryside. Nothing of consequence has yet taken place, but with my death, the bonds will be broken and the thing then free to come and go as it pleases. Lives and souls not yet taken already lie heavy on my conscience. The method of delivering the thing out of this world is still in that accursed house, the translation made by Marian Allen from the horrid Defermus Mysterious. I am not strong enough to take on the test, but I know of those who perhaps are. Should they fail me, may God have mercy on my soul. And that that last entry isn't new, right? It's from 1882? It actually is, looks much more recent. Uh, the okay. ink is very fresh, and the handwriting is sort of light and shaky okay. in it. So it seems like it was probably done fairly recently. We need to go to the library. <laughs> How long I, have you I been believe, crying? <laughs> I believe you're right. Um, I, I, am I, I have back? very high wisdom. Let me cry. I think even Antonia is starting to get annoyed. Is Fran still holding Antonia? <laughs> um, I think like I went to sit at the table, but okay. you are welcome to, con- to continue to hold me. Mm-hmm. No. no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm actually going to put the date of Rupert's death in that list of members, <laughs> just because he seemed to be like really into updating it in that last entry. So I make sure that everything is there in one place. Okay. What else did you find? What else was found? A box. <laughs> yeah, we show we show you the box. Um, and if you want, you can Fran can read over that the entry about the. Uh, ritual. I think we need to get that De Vermis Mysteries. Uh, there was a translation that he had mentioned um, that Marion Allen had. Apparently still in the house. Seems to be. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. The demon house. <laughs> I don't believe any of this, but... We're going to go to the demon house and we're going to read the book. Owe it to him to at least dramatically carry out his last I'm dropping my accent because I can never remember it but um (laughs) do we need to like are we getting rid like are we killing this thing are we keeping it trapped in the house what what is our what is our goal is this something that if this is real if this is real how are we dealing with this the 1882 journal said something about banishing it what was it it had a lot of references that I noted for when we research. It talked about that dust of Ibn Gaji, if that's how we're saying it. And it talked about how we can reverse the chant, but uh, Crawford broke the circle, so they fucked up and we have to fix it. Uh, and that because of the warding sigils, it's bound to the house. Um, but Rupert seemed to think that maybe with his death, those would be broken. It also seemed like it can be undone if we read the, um, the, the spell, the, the thing from the book. Yeah, I believe that the chant is from that book, and we might have to, like, figure out what it is. Also, it probably would just be smart to get those hieroglyphs translated and see if we can learn anything about the symbol in the box. Library. Yeah. <laughs> You guys do know that, um, well, Calpurnia can tell you, that the Miskatonic University Library is open to anybody. Um, for researchers, can't take books out of it. So if you, if you do want to go research the library, you can. Um, well, you can go straight to the house if you want to. Um, there's directions on how to get there uh, with the deed. Um, what do you guys want to do? During my time in Egypt... Would mm-hmm. I have had a chance to do any studying on hieroglyphics or nah? Um, you can make a intelligence check for me. Um, or hi- make history. You can actually do a history check. Come on, Natty 20. I need you. Oh, that's a 10. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen some hieroglyphics. You know a little bit about it, but you, you can't 
make out what this particular writing means. Okay. I guess we can go to the library and see if they know of anybody who can translate this for us. Or uh, You said you're a student of his, right, miss? And she's going to point to Calpurnia. Uh-huh. Did he have, or do you, did you do any studies in Egyptology or anything like that? Hopefully, have I? <laughs> <laughs> um, specifically, you have not. Well, no, but I can probably figure it out given the right books. Well, you pro- do you have connections at the university that... Anybody can get in there and look at the books. She had a little bit too much whiskey to calm her nerves, and now she <laughs> Anyone can look at the books, but it will probably be, you know, an eight-year degree of study to learn how to translate hieroglyphics. A connection would be much faster. I might know someone, Nikki. Do I know someone? Uh, yes, you, you think that you'd be able to find somebody in the library. I think that I'd be able to find somebody in the library, Miss Torres. Great. Let's go. All right, you guys can all pile into Calpurnia's car and go to the library. As we're piling into the car, the car, um, I, I just, I just want to make it clear to all of you that th- this is still like crazy and doesn't exist. Uh, I think that we should go to the house and clean it up for him, and you know, settle his his last. Uh, his his properties and you know do everything that we can to 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 ease his passing but this is ridiculous where's the wife <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> she um, agnes she agnes and uh the son whose name i've forgotten already Bartr- 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 yeah. Bertrand, Bertrand. Yeah. are are both um she's at the side of uh, Rupert's body and she's she's crying quietly the other doctors have talked to her already um, Bertrand appears to be speaking to other staff about um, taking care of his his father okay um, I mean would it be possible that I could just send them off and then catch up with them at the library so I can talk to Bertrand and do you want to Agnes question yeah. mark are you guys okay with that? Like, I can probably get you guys started on at the library, and then I can get some information from the... I mean, how long a conversation do you intend to have? We can wait for you. Oh, I just didn't want anybody I'm, to wait on me. I'm I'm not sure that he wanted them to know about this. Mm. Mm. Now that I'm thinking... Why would he have asked them to leave it? I, I, I don't oh. believe it, but I I think he believed it. And I think he he didn't want his family to see his occult practices. I feel the least we can do is honor his wishes. And if that involves something some of us think is ridiculous, then so be it. I'm with you on this one. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, uh, you do make a very valid point, Antonia. I'm just just going to see if they know about his friend and then I'll be I'll be right down. Okay. I'm gonna say like I would have paid like paid some respects to them while we were sobbing and stuff, but sure, yeah, that's, that's fine. True, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I'll actually uh, give Ursula a look that means follow me, um, and we'll go with Fran because I as when she brought it up, I realized like oh yeah, we should talk to that asshole son of his. <laughs> he looked really skeevy. Let's see why he's upset. Because his dad died. His dad is dead. (laughs) Not why is he sad about his dad dying. Why is he angry that we are here? People Uh, deal with grief in different ways. (laughs) Yeah, goodness. (laughs) But we're mobsters, so. I think that it's suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as always, Ursula will follow Mercy. Okay. Um, Fran, you're going to go talk to the wife, Agnes? Okay. I'm, I'm uh, going to linger. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Um, Calpurnia, are you going to go get your car ready? Yes. Okay. Literally. I'm going to get the car ready with Calpurnia because I'm just <laughs> excited because I love this car. And I'm just going to gush about how much I love the car to her. <laughs> the car is pretty great. Um, okay. The two of them go downstairs to, to get the car and get ready. Um, 
Antonia is hovering in the background a little bit. Um, Fran, what do you want to say to Agnes? Um, I'm going to comfort her a little bit and say he lived a good life. And um, he had mentioned a friend. Um, I just didn't know if he was still around or if he wanted me to reach out to him. Uh, Marion Allen? Does that name ring a bell to you? She sighs heavily and she thinks, and she says, I, no, I'm sorry. If that's one of his old school friends, I, I'd never met the man. Okay. Okay, I just didn't know if you had or not. I was going to let his family know if they were close, and but it doesn't sound like they were. Um, but you know where to find me if you need anything. Of course. Thank you so much for your help. You've, you've been such a... Such a comfort to dear Rupert in his last months. Thank you for everything you've done. And she she nods and she pats your shoulder lightly and she just sort of settles back. And she looks mostly like she's in shock right now. Um, okay, Torres, do you confront Bertrand? I do. I do it very politely, but it's also like from body language and stuff very clearly a confrontation. I say, okay. um, excuse me, Mr. Merriweather. And he um, finishes whatever, he's, he's talking to one of the doctors, and he stops and he turns and he inclines his head and says, uh, yes, uh, Torres, was it? That's right, yes. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you in this time of grief, but uh, your, your father has set us on a quest, basically, to investigate something from his past uh, as his dying wish, and... I couldn't help but notice that you seemed upset about that or about our presence. And I was wondering if there was anything you'd like to um, say to us to help us in this investigation that your father has asked us to complete. Okay. Uh, Make a persuasion check for me. 19. Oh, that's actually really good. Okay. Um, He looks startled at first when you um, start talking about this. He says, I I have no idea. I I didn't realize that he had asked anything of you like that. I... What did he give you? Um, I'm just sort of poised at the door waiting to like... In case I see her doing anything that sort of breaks the bounds of propriety, I'm... <laughs> I say, um, that's not completely important. Um, he gave us some notes from a project that he did when he was in school with some of his old friends. Um, and apparently there was unfinished business there that he once completed. <sighs> well, I don't... He's always been very tight-lipped about his school days. I I don't know anything about what he could possibly. No, I I'm sorry. I Do don't, I think I he's lying? Is to say insight? <laughs> uh, sure, go ahead. Go ahead, make it check. Eighteen. Okay. Um. Oh, that was a natural twenty. Nice. Okay. Cool. Good job, guys. So he, um. You guys both think that he doesn't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and he mostly seems like he's irritated that outsiders have been brought in for whatever this is at that point i'm gonna sort of swoop in and just be like of course you don't bertrand darling i'm i'm so sorry to see you under these circumstances that uh you know how much i cared for your father and just start like gushing and like giving um torres sort of like the get out of here eyeball (laughs) and just like oh i hope i hope that we can continue to see each other still and and you know how much i care for you and your mother and just like just (laughs) ridiculous over the top and like cheek kisses and sure definitely um you can make your choice persuasion or performance whatever you want to however you wish to approach this um it's a performance I want to trip her to 21. <laughs> Fantastic. He um, is immediately um, soothed by your attention. And um, 
you kind of get the impression that he's a little bit more into you than you're really comfortable with, <laughs> um, generally speaking. But um, you're used to it. It's it, You know how to handle it, and you make pleasantries with him just a little bit more, and then you guys can all extract yourselves from the Merryweather's I say the, the, the same to Agnes, that I, I adore her and is so sad, and I hope to continue to be part of their lives and then boot boot out yep sounds good <laughs> sounds good um okay you guys all go downstairs find the car and can head across town to the college the university of miskatonic um thank you for listening to another episode of <laughs> roll like a girl we can be found on nerdsmith.org um, itunes and google play you can interact with our social medias on tumblr at roll like a girl or twitter at roll like a girl as well the misses.